Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Hello and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here, host of the show. And uh, wherever you are in the world, I trust you've had a very relaxing weekend as we start a brand new week. Today being Monday, the 12th of April, 2021. So I trust you've had a reflective weekend. You've had a re-energizing weekend. Whatever you got up to on the weekend, I hope it was a successful weekend. And as we look into this week, I hope this week's going to be another huge, hugely productive and highly successful week in sales, but also in your leadership as we drive drive forward for even better results. So in this podcast, in today's episode, I do want to talk about creating a champion team. And I posted this on LinkedIn last night, as I normally do on a Sunday night. I'll post some thoughts on a on a particular topic, and then Monday tends to be, uh, I guess, the podcast that refers to that particular topic. And last night was no exception. And uh, here in Australia, at least, we've got uh, one of, I probably think, is the greatest game in the world, AFL. Now, for those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, you're probably thinking um, NFL is the greatest game in the world, and you guys have World Series and all that sort of stuff, and Super Bowl. But if you haven't seen Australian Rules Football, do yourself a favor and have a look at it. Uh, you can look at it on YouTube, but I think even there might be some channels in the U.S., right now where you can actually jo- jump in and actually look at some games and there might be even be a game of the week. The The game right now is probably the best it's ever been and I reckon in about 10 to 20 years. It's fast, it's furious, it's high scoring and it's really exciting to watch. And it's, it's <laughs> we're four games into a season and my team, the Melbourne Demons, uh, for, for, very many, for a long, long time they've been uh, very ordinary, uh, let's just say uh, average. Uh, right now, they've just won their first four games, sitting second on the ladder, which is terrific. Not getting ahead of ourselves, but uh, certainly loving what I'm seeing from the Demons, having been a long, long-suffering supporter, but also a long-suffering member of the Melbourne Football Club. But uh, things are looking up. But I digress. I wanted to talk about this in terms of champion teams and thinking about coaches, what coaches are doing in the AFL right now in terms of focusing on creating environments of high performance. Now, it stands to reason the AFL and any elite elite sport for that matter is focusing on high performance and elite performance, and hence they attract talent that is conducive to that elite environment. They don't always stay there though, and that's the key thing. There's a lot of players who come into an elite environment, but they don't necessarily stay in the elite environment, and there's a number of reasons for that. Often it's the not what they thought it would be. They thought their talent would take them so far and they wouldn't have to continue to work and get better. And very quickly they start to exit that particular system. Now, in, in the AFL in particular, I think the average tenure, I think I mentioned this on a podcast previously, I think the average tenure of most uh, AFL players on average across the whole competition, and there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of players, is around about two to three years that they stay in the system. So it's actually quite unique for players to hang around for five, ten years, even 15 or 20 years, and the champions that play over 300 games are just the stalwarts of the organizations and stalwarts of the game. But they all come about because they work their butts off to earn the right to be part of those environments, and they continue to coach and mentor others coming through so that they can also take part and be, I guess, um, products of the environment that's created. And this is what high-performance environments are all about, and this is what coaches and great people focus on in terms of 
attracting great talent, but also turning that talent into, uh, I guess, worthy uh, worthy players, worthy uh, members, worthy representatives of that club, but also worthy representatives of that environment that's been created. So I want to talk today in the context of sales leadership and think about as a sales leader. So if you're listening to this right now as a sales leader, here's a question for you. Are you focused on creating an environment of high performance, which allows your team to unleash their potential? And if that's you, then great, listen on. If that's not you, then guess what? Listen on anyway because you might actually get some ideas on how to actually start building a team and an environment of high performance. Because here's the thing, too many sales leaders actually think about how do I just bring in talent? And they'll look at what the potential candidate for a particular role has delivered in the past. And that's almost like the first the first uh, filter that they look at. They don't necessarily start looking at characters or they might start looking at characteristics of individuals, behavior traits and so forth after they pass the first gate. And that is, do they have the credentials, quote unquote, for uh, being part of this particular environment? Now, you might be sitting there thinking, well, hang on a second, we can't just bring anybody into an elite environment and expect them to be uh, up and running very quickly, and that's that's actually true. The fact is that anybody coming into any elite environment, and sales is no different, has to have some level of talent, or I guess some level of aptitude or track record that will indicate that they can operate in an environment, or at least be taught to operate in an environment and create some success over the over the long term. So what I'm not saying is we just don't go and grab anybody off the street and turn them into a superstar because you can't do that in the sporting world and you certainly can't do, do that in the sales world. What I am saying though is too many sales leaders are too one-dimensional and what they tend to do is they focus on somebody's track record to the expense of everything else. So I've seen many, many cases and, I, and I've, I've seen this as recently as the last six weeks where people have brought in members of the team and they've purely brought these members of the team in based on their previous sales results and thinking, my God, these guys were number one in their, in their niche, number one in their market, number one in their team, number one in their business. So therefore, this is an absolute gold-rated, gold-medal, premium sort of uh, recruit. Uh, it's going to come in and, and do exactly the same thing in our business. And yet, when they bring these people in, they are anything but gold. They are toxic because they haven't actually started to look at what are the characteristics that they needed to look for in a successful salesperson. It's one thing to have results on the board. It's another thing entirely about how you go about getting those results, what sort of relationships to build along the way, what sort of characteristics do you have, and what sort of character are you and what sort of, uh, let's say, trail of destruction do you leave in your wake when it comes to uh, what you do? So when it comes to bringing in talent, when it comes to creating that high-performance culture, that high-performance environment, we need to be really, really clear on what the key attributes are that we want to have in that environment and start looking for that in potential members of that team. Simply don't go out and, and recruit and get in the best, uh, the best people based on their performance because you may actually find as I've seen happen in the last six weeks, that they actually create more hassle than it's worth because they they become toxic and that creates uh, some significant challenges with other members of the team, which in the long run means that the results start to go down and, and you start to have some fractures within the culture and some fractures within the business and therefore attrition. And the end result of that, of course, is results do not go the way you want them to be. And this is where there's many, many cliches are being created. And one of the biggest ones, but it's absolutely so true, is that a team of champions will always be, be beaten by a champion 
team because the team starts to work in harmony and they work according to a system. And this is what sales leaders who are exceptional do very, very well. They identify what, first of all, elite performance looks like and they encourage their individual team members to capitalize on their strengths, to acknowledge those strengths so that collectively the team becomes unstoppable. And this is what exceptional sales leaders do. So I want to just talk about five key points that this is what sales leaders who are exceptional manage to do that differentiates themselves against their competition and makes it a lot, a lot, well, dare I say, easier for them to build that champion team rather than bringing in talent for the sake of talent, thinking that's going to make the difference. Now, there's probably a lot more than this, but I was thinking yesterday afternoon, I was watching Melbourne play Geelong at the MCG, thinking, okay, what, what is it about exceptional sales leaders and what do they do differently that helps them create this environment that, first of all, people want to be a part of, but also creates this harmony where the team starts to hum. Now, it doesn't hum from day one. There takes, there takes work, it takes effort, and it takes time, but there comes a point where the investment of time, the investment of effort actually starts to pay dividends, and you see this play out in the activities and therefore the results of the team. Now, there's probably going to be a whole host of other key criteria, and you may actually have some for yourself that's working for yourself, and I'd love to hear that. So if you want to share this based on adding adding to the topic, adding to the conversation, send me an email at darren at darrenmitchell.com.au. Love to hear from you, and even if you want me to add some stuff into a podcast episode coming up, more than happy to give you a shout-out on that. So this is by no means an exhaustive list, but this is just my reflection to think about, okay, from my perspective, from what I've, from what I've observed, from the people who I'm working with who are I consider to be exceptional, what is it they do that differentiates them against their competition? And when you see them go head-to-head with another organization, what makes it that they always come out nine times out of ten in, on top and in front and deliver those exceptional but also sustainable results? Here's, here are my thoughts. Number one is they're really, really good at defining what success looks like. They will set big, hairy, audacious goals. They'll then set those stretch goals so big that it scares the living hell out of the team, also scares the living hell out of them because they don't know how they're going to go about achieving it. But they know exactly what success looks like, so they paint the picture. From a coaching point of view, and we use a lot of this in in coaching conversations, is is they create a future pace. They create what the future looks like, so they know as they're working towards that, they've got some insights in terms of once they put these things in place, once they get generate some momentum and start getting some results, they know what it looks like. So they can start defining it. So when they arrive at success, whatever success looks like for them, they can identify it and they know they've actually arrived. So they can start measuring it. So that's the first thing. They're very, very clear on defining what success looks like. And just so you know, it's not necessarily just about the sales target. There'll be a whole host of other things that they put in place that will equate to being successful. Point number two is they'll also start to think about and identify what are the key activities and the behaviors that will drive improvement. And this points to the fact that they don't just bring people into their team who have a track record of results or have demonstrated a level of talent. They are very specific on what the activities are going to be that are conducive to a high performance and elite performing culture, and they're really rigorous in terms of identifying what those are and putting some benchmarks and some frameworks around them. So it's always going to be determined by what success looks like. So in the case of a sales team that needs to hit a certain target or they need to be at a certain level in terms of their market uh, market penetration or their share of wallet, as an example, they're going to start looking at, okay, what are the key activities, what are the behaviors that are going to give us the opportunity of hitting that benchmark? 
And it could be at a really granular level. It could be as simple as the number of phone calls that need to be made from each of the sales execs to prospective customers each week because we know there's going to be a trend that's developed and we know that the science says based on the number of calls we make, we'll get the number of appointments, the number of transitions in terms of conversion conversations, etc., etc. So whatever it happens to be, they're very, very granular. And I don't want to get too specific on the exact uh, exact activities here because many different industries will have different specific activities. But as a sales leader who wants to be exceptional, it's important that we do spend some time thinking about and identifying what those key activities are going to be, what are those metrics that need to be put in place, and what are the behaviors that we need to be put in place to drive that performance, to drive that improvement, to meet what success actually looks like. And it will be different for many different industries, and I get that. So that's point number two, identify the key activities and the behaviors. Point number three is an exceptional sales leader will always understand that a team that maximizes their strengths will always in the long run outperform a team of individual champions. So what this is about is tapping into the members of your team, the players on the field, and thinking about, okay, where are their strength zones? Where are their genius zones? And how, as a leader, can I take advantage of those genius zones? And putting them into roles, giving them responsibilities, playing a playing a role within the team that will enable them to really maximize the opportunities that are that, are, that they have in terms of their innate strengths, but also putting them together with other people so collectively the effort and focus of two people might end up being compounded so that two people end up doing the work of three or four or producing the results of three or four people because you've identified and capitalized on the individual strengths of those particular individual members of your team. Point number four is they'll seek and provide feedback constantly. So we've talked about this a lot and I'll keep talking about this, that exceptional sales leaders are feedback machines. They start with seeking feedback And they create an environment where feedback is not only expected, it is demanded. And the other thing about that is because they're constantly focused on feedback, they have this willingness and an appetite to change direction when they need to because they're always looking at, okay, how are we placed against this particular behavior? How are we placed against this metric? If we're not hitting the metrics that we think we, we need to in order to give ourselves the opportunity of reaching what success looks like, then guess what? They're prepared to make the change and they back that change constantly. And it doesn't mean they're always changing. They're not changing like the weather in Melbourne in particular, but they actually are doing it based on science, based on frameworks, based on what success actually looks like, and constant feedback enables them to do that. Are they tracking well? It may well be sometimes they only have to do some tinkering. Maybe there's, they've got to do some big changes, but essentially it's done based on constant feedback. So they've got regular, regular data to be able to make some educational-based decisions on. So that's the key thing. Feedback is actually the breakfast of champions, as we've always talked about. So they seek and provide constant, constant feedback. And the final point I wanted to cover off in this particular episode is exceptional sales leaders who oversee this elite performance area have and drive an insatiable appetite for improvement. Uh, I don't know any exceptional sales leader or any exceptional leader, for that matter, who is content with where they're at. And I always talk about this, that it's okay to understand and be okay with who you are, but not necessarily where you are. And this is what great leaders are always thinking about. There's always another level to get to. Just because we've won this particular game or just because we've been successful in in winning this particular contract doesn't mean we can sit back and just enjoy the spoils of success. There's another level to get to, and hence there's this insatiable desire to want to improve. And even if that's a 1% or 2% improvement, That is the difference that often will make the difference between exceptional sales leaders and exceptional teams 
and everybody else. So this one in particular is probably the most immediate thing that we could do to change a whole direction and to change a whole approach. That if, if we as a sales leader and we as a sales team don't right now have an appetite for improvement and getting better, then that can literally be changed with a click of the fingers and all it takes is a decision. And so there are five points that exceptional sales leaders do that really helps them create that elite performance culture, that elite performance environment, and by the way, enables them to start attracting some talented people who will form the foundations of that high-performance elite performing team. And so this is what the exceptional sales leaders focus on. They create a champion team, and this is what makes them exceptional. Now, the great news is that this is available for every single sales leader, as long as you're prepared to follow the formula. And there is a formula to this. And if you'd like some help with this, of course, love to help you with that and help you take your sales leadership to the exceptional level. If you're committed to that, just simply jump on my calendar. Let's have a conversation and let's start working together one-on-one. Simply go to leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time that suits. Let's jump on a Zoom call and have a conversation. So with that, as we start the brand new week, if you can do me one favor, and that is if this message resonates with you and you believe there's somebody within your sphere of influence who could also benefit from this message or in fact could benefit from listening to this particular podcast, then please share this link with them and give them the opportunity to listen as well. So with that said, here's to a huge week in sales and sales leadership and I look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.